Good morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Before we start with my homily today, um, you know, as I'm leaving seminary, we have a new member of our church that is entering. So we want to honor our brother, Patrick, if you can stand up, who just got accepted into seminary. Congratulations, brother. Thank you for your yes and know of our love and our support. And if you ever need anything, you know we're here for you. Today is the Feast of St. Thomas. We celebrate it today because on July 3rd in the year 72 AD, St. Thomas was martyred in India. He was martyred by a spear. Tertullian once said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The Chaldean church was the seed of St. Thomas's blood. St. Thomas probably traveled the furthest out of the 12 apostles. He went all the way to India, and there are even some writings that he made it all the way to China. It is because of St. Thomas that we are Christian today. He brought the faith to us. In the Chaldean prayer book, it is written that St. Thomas accomplished seven things. So here they are. Through St. Thomas, the error of idolatry, idolatry vanished from India. Through St. Thomas, the Chinese and Ethiopians were converted to the truth. Through St. Thomas, they accepted the sacrament of baptism and adoptions of sons. Through St. Thomas, they believed and confessed the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Through St. Thomas, they preserved the accepted faith of one God. Through St. Thomas, the, the life-giving splendors rose in all of India. And through St. Thomas, the kingdom of heaven took wing and ascended to China. St. Thomas accomplished so much. He did so much for our church. But what is the first thing we think about when we think of St. Thomas? Doubting Thomas. Even today, his feast day, the day we're supposed to celebrate St. Thomas, what do we read? The one time that he did not have faith that Jesus had risen. And if you really think about it, can you blame him? This was a man who followed, who gave up everything to follow Jesus. He saw him get arrested and knew he was crucified. No one survived a Roman crucifixion. Here's this grieving man who has, his world has been shattered. And they came up to him, he's like, don't worry, we saw him, he has risen. People just don't rise from the dead. So it's not illogical for him to at least doubt, at least doubt that this may not have happened. But in that doubt, in that one act of unbelief in the risen Lord, he is forever known as Doubting Thomas. This is how we identify him, by that one mistake. There are some people in this church today that maybe have made a mistake in their past, and they have allowed that mistake to be part of their identity, a part of who they are. There are people outside of the church that have made many mistakes, right? And they wouldn't dare come near church or the Chaldean community in general because of how they are treated of how they are remembered. Every time they're seen in public, oh, isn't this so-and-so? Yeah, that's the guy who cheated on his wife. Yeah, that's the guy that stole. This is the woman that committed adultery. This is the woman that had an abortion. This is the man that ran away from home. When they are seen in, the, in our community, this is what they are remembered for. This is what we say about them. There was a quote, a quote that everyone in the church used to put back in it. It's a beautiful quote. It goes like this. A church is not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. Everyone used to post this on social media. Yet we were the same people that were judging 
God forbid, if somebody made a mistake in their lives. The church cannot look at them in this way. The world does. And if we, as a church, are the same as the world, then why would they come here? The church cannot look and act like the rest of the world. Imagine the worst thing you've ever done in your life. That's what you are remembered for. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And for anybody watching this online or listening on the podcast and feel like that, they, they just can't come to church. I just want to tell you that you belong here. You are loved here. You are welcomed here. None of us deserve the mercy of God. I don't deserve to be up here before you if it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God. We cannot look at people based on their past mistakes because that's not how God looks at us. That's not how God looks at St. Thomas. We call him doubtful, Doubting Thomas. He calls him St. Thomas. We call each other by our sins, but God calls us by our names. We identify with our sins, but God calls us by our true identity, beloved sons and daughters of God. And sometimes we don't feel worthy to approach God. We feel ashamed. My brothers and sisters, Jesus can take that shame away. Sometimes we just need help from someone to get there. Sometimes God may seem unattainable. Sometimes we need help from another creature. May I suggest the most perfect creature. The one worthy of veneration as queen of heaven and earth. The one whom we call immaculate. The one who crushed the head of the serpent. The mother of God. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful title. The mother of God. The mother of the one who created her. It doesn't even make sense, but that's how beautiful the grace that was bestowed on Our Lady. May I suggest a mother. A mother who loves you. A mother who wraps you under her mantle and protects you. If you want to go to Jesus, if you want to have a better relationship with Jesus, St. Louis de Montfort says that Our Lady is the safest, easiest, shortest, and most perfect way to approach Him. A a devotion to Our Lady will do wonders for your spiritual life. All the great saints, all the great saints in the church had a Marian devotion. Tell me your favorite saint, and I can guarantee you he was a Marian. He had a Marian devotion. And there are a lot of different devotions to Jesus through Our Lady. There's the true devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort, right? There's the miraculous medal. There's 17 different scapulars you can wear. There are so many different devotions. But today I want to talk about a little less known devotion. One that is easier to do. And it's called the Three Hail Marys devotion. This devotion was given to St. Matilda in the year 1270. And this prayer is to be said three times in the morning with this invocation. Oh my mother, preserve me this day from mortal sins. It is then followed by three Hail Marys to honor the most blessed trinity. The first Hail Mary, to honor the power of God the Father. The second Hail Mary is the wisdom of God the Son. And the third Hail Mary is the goodness of God the Holy Spirit. Three simple Hail Marys. Every single morning when we wake up, we can get our knees and make this devotion. And ask Our Lady to help us stay away from all those sins. And ask Our Lady that we can see His children the way He sees them. Not for the mistakes that they have made but for, they, for who they really are, beloved sons and daughters of God. Amen?
There is a great tradition in the church that when a young man gets ordained, when the bishop puts oil on his hands, he wipes them with this cloth. And the new priest takes this cloth and he gives it to his mother. And when the new priest hears his first confession, he wears a stole and he gives that stole to his father. So the idea is that obviously we don't live forever, you know? And many years from now, when God calls my parents home, they're going to meet our Lord and he's going to say, I gave you life. What did you give me in return? And they will say, I gave you my son. I gave you a priest.